And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Basically, I, I feel like I'm happy when he stops throwing putters. Hello, everybody, and welcome to your most favorite slice of fantasy baseball of your entire week, possibly month. Under the radar, with me, as always, your friend of mine, Ian Khan. Hello, my friends. My friend and yours. Good morning. Breaking news uh, from the Under the Radar desk. This is now Derek Van Riper's third favorite show uh, as he's hosting <laughs> as he's hosting a podcast with Keith Law. And it's uh, gone even more big time. Yeah. There you go. It's pretty big time. Pretty big time. How do you feel about that, DVR? Are you excited? I'm excited. It's going to be a really fun show, the Athletic Baseball Show. We've got Jason Stark and Doug Glanville bringing Starkville in once a week. Let me tell you something, man. Jason Stark is one of the nicest people I've never met, but I mean, I've met him on Slack and we've exchanged some Slacks before. Like what a guy, man. You know, like I spent you, a day with, I spent a day with Jason Stark, right? Like what a guy, right? What a nice guy. Wonderful guy. Really yeah. nice guy. And Doug Glanville and I have actually been friends for a couple of years now. Um, he, uh, he was a fan of turn Washington spies. And at one point I think he reached out to me on Twitter and I was like, Hey, it's Doug Glanville. Are you kidding? And then we've become good stratomatic baseball talking, you know, old school strato stuff. And, you know, we talk a couple of times a year and he's like, you got to come on Starkville. I'm like, I would love to come on Starkville. You guys, it, the athletic is very impressive. Very, very impressive. It's going to be really cool. What did you think about your Ariel Cohen imitation? Has he said anything uh, about that <laughs> No, I don't no. think he's mentioned the Ariel Cohen. I have, I do get <laughs> right. feedback on the Ariel Cohen impression quite a bit. People seem to like it, but uh, it, you know, it's like, it's like salt. It should be used mindfully. You're right. You can't, can't overuse it. You're right. Uh, we were in the middle of DVR's plug. I just want to tell people what the show was about. We've got Grant Brisby <laughs> and Hunter Pence on for a day together. I'm on with Keith on Fridays, so it should be a great show and should be a little bit different every day, too. I'm excited. I think it'll be cool. Yeah. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for us to be even farther down your list of priorities. It's not true. We're definitely still number two. I, he's not going to, we're not getting beaten by Keith Law yet. Not, not yet. yet. Not we yet. got time. We yeah. got time. We're still holding steady. Once Keith Law starts retweeting Derek's uh, prospect columns and stuff, <laughs> then we're like, oh, all right, well, we'll, we'll, we'll see about bit, that. Yeah. yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. All right. That'll be a fun uh, conversation. So today, uh, I think, I, I don't remember who had the idea. I think Ian had the idea that we're going to do an all under the radar team for uh, for the show. Everybody at ADP 150 plus. I mean, it's, it's this is draft week. If you haven't done it already, you're doing it this week. I've got, I've got one coming Saturday. And I've got one coming next weekend, actually, an ale only one that just got pushed back and pushed back. Um, and I don't know if, uh, you know, I don't know if you actually, I don't think the, the note's gone out yet, but we're doing a home run derby with, uh, with all the, the writers here. If you're I'll in. do it. I'll do it. Yeah. I'll do it. Sure. Right. Yep. I'm in. I'm in. This I'm in. Be It'll fun. be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Those are fun. Yeah, but we're doing a different, we're doing, so Funston set up an ESPN league and it's just, you know, just home. It's one by zero. It's a home run league. And so it's going to be a draft. Uh, and you know, you draft for the position and then that's it. Boom. Okay. Blues. Yeah. I'm in. So that way DVR doesn't have to score it again on a spreadsheet. <laughs> well, that's cool. That's really yeah. nice of you guys to do it that way. Are there ads and drops during the season at all? Or is it just the players you draft or who you have all year? 
here's the thing. Funston, I think, wants like one or two substitutions that you can make. Um, but I don't know. I, like, I'm actually on the other side, but I do respect his opinion. He's a fantasy Hall of Famer. Uh, but that will eliminate Jake from playing in this league. So I don't know where people stand on that because Jake wants to just set it and forget it big time, very stubbornly. So anyway, those are the inner workings of our home run derby league. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but you know, I'm in. Whatever it is, I'll be fine. Yeah. Yes. Uh, all right, let's get to this. Uh, but, but actually, before we get to the team, so Ian, you you were very excited about this, so I'd like you to go first. Um, I challenged myself to make one past 400 because that's where I live right now. Yeah, but see, I think that's way more interesting. Why don't I go last? You should start with your past 400. You do the whole show business and what? Ian Khan as the neighbor. Right? <laughs> no, the very show yeah, business yeah. thing to do. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I want the end. I'd like the end on this show. <laughs> I'll do the end. I'll take the end. You could take top billing, then we go to DVR, then go to me. Well, I mean, well, maybe we'll DVR. And then me, and then you. So, you know, well, no, all right. Well, okay. Let's just, before all that, anyway, I wanted to get to Tanner Houck. Hook. Hook. Um, this is written uh, Jen McCaffrey and Chad Jennings did a story about the impact that uh, the Red Sox rookies are going to have this year. And it's very interesting. Um, but it, this one caught my eye because as I was going through the, the top, there are the 400 plus ADPs, he was sitting at 663. And I could have sworn he, he either should have been or was going higher. Um, the Red Sox are saying that, uh, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Kaim Bloom noted that in 2012, top raise, is it Haim? Haim. Haim Bloom Good. noted that in 2012, top raise prospect Chris, Chris Archer had a strong debut, <laughs> but didn't make the raise opening day roster in 2013. Archer still made 23 starts that year with every other starter making at least 22. That's to say, even though Huck won't begin the year in the Red Sox rotation, he's expected to pitch plenty of important innings in Boston this year. Which I found interesting, and which to me, I don't know if you guys are in agreement, makes him a bit of a steal. I'll tell you, I had a little conversation with Robert Mershek, oh, the opera agent. Um, he and I share a team, and we came down to our final cut down between Tanner Hook or Ison Diaz. And it was my call to say, let's, let's keep Diaz, because Hook's going to go down, and if Diaz comes up, He's going to cost more in fab than Hook will. Well, not anymore. Not after he pitched four and a third yesterday and did what he was doing at the end of last season. So Hook is uh, definitely uh, definitely worth a look. Hook is worth a look. DVR, how about that? I mean, can you wait and be like, all right, you know, I got a couple of pitcher bench spots. Why not? The Red Sox should be good. They got a better team than they did last year. You could. I don't think you have to in a mixed league. I think there's a lot of players that are similarly valued right now where you're going to have to wait a couple of weeks before you get that opportunity. Guys that are probably fringy top 100 starting pitchers for now with growth potential into the top 50 or 60 range over the course of the season. Uh, Houck's not good at oh, commanding shit. the ball. Like I think that's the problem I have with him in his profile. But they have a need in the rotation. So the opportunity is going to be there. I just think he's at that sweet spot where he's not quite good enough where you want to stash him away in redraft leagues where your bench spots are very precious this time of year and really throughout the year. How did you say his name? Hauk. Is that what so it I was is? right not, the first time, yeah. It's, it's Hauk. It's not Hook. Well, DVR yeah. sent around a pronunciation guide yesterday. I understand. That's why yeah. I'm going to DVR on this. <laughs> Let me open this up. <laughs> That's why I'm going that way. Uh, okay, we'll just have DVR read all these news bits from now on. And yeah, it's probably, probably for the best. Safer that way. All under the radar team. You ready? Very oh, good, yeah. And what I'm realizing is that I've got the, the guys that I have on this list, there are some that are in the one high 140s. So I might have to either get rid of them or say high 140s list. That's fine. 
I think high 140s works. We could just say the ADP changed in a day. It did. It, it changed terribly. There we go. All right. I'm very excited. Here we go. So DVR did a thing where he did that. He did the 150 plus, but he also dropped some very deep guys. So maybe we'll just pair those up a little bit. And then you guys can compare your 150s. How about that? Okay. Sounds good. Well, you're starting with your catchers and they are? I had Danny Jansen was 377, uh, but I just like, I think everyone's so hard on Kirk that they're just forgetting that Jansen, you know, was still kind of young. Uh, it could still be something. Has a good OBP, has some power potential. Uh, but I went with Mike Zanino at 682.4. Basically with catchers, it's not, I mean, we knew this, but I mean, it's not very pretty at all late. DVR, you liked Francisco Mejia at 576, which now I'm thinking like I skipped over him for some reason. Yeah, I guess I'm opposite you with your catchers because I, I do think the Kirk hype is deserved from a skill standpoint. Earlier in draft season, I wasn't sure he was going to make the team and play enough to justify a top 250 sort of pick. I think that's about where he was going. And clearly he made the team. He's going to at least be the backup catcher, but I think he could overtake Jansen for the job. I think Jansen is kind of a, a nice backup with power. I agree that there's legit power there. He's a good enough defender to play, but Kirk, by projections, is the second best catcher in the pool because he hits the ball very hard and he doesn't strike out. So I, I do think there's a pretty exciting player really fighting Jansen for that playing time. Mejia is just sort of faith in the organization with the Rays that they can take a guy that was always kind of hit tool first and will figure out where you're going to play second throughout his entire career and that they can make the best out of out of him. Uh, I think playing time is probably more like two-thirds of the starts at most because they like Mike Zanino's defense. So it could be very similar where Mejia ends up maybe playing a bit more than Zanino. Kirk plays more than Jansen. And in two-catcher leagues, the backups might play enough in deep two-catcher leagues to still make a little bit of an impact. But I thought Mejia was one of those guys that was kind of consistently underpriced throughout draft season. Whatever happened to the league you guys were going to do together? Did it not run? It did not run. It was oh, very so sad. sad. And we, we we did some good work on, was it Friday? We did Friday, we did, or Thursday night? We did some good work, and then it just it just went away, which Life was, was very sad. Yeah, that's okay. We'll do it next year. I, I, I You know, auctioning is so much fun. And to be able to do it with DVR was going to be super fun, especially after you bailed on me doing I'm, that. I'm sorry I didn't have $750 sitting <laughs> in the okay. well, I mean, you know, I did, let me just go. It's not the price, Ian. It's the friendship. I don't like you. Right. Fair enough. You're like um, my third favorite fantasy baseball slash actor person. Thank you. <laughs> do you want to guess the other two? No, I don't. Right, I okay. want to move on. Uh, but no, no. So that, that auction got canceled. But uh, there is a draft tonight that DVR is in control of, and he will not tell me who he's taking 1-1 in the XFL draft. And I tried to get him to tell me, Steve Gardner. I did. I tried to get it out of him. And he's like, well, you know, I'm still deciding. Oh, but he did it with a very, you know, his DVR voice. Well, I'm still deciding. I'm making my choice. But I'm very fascinated, and I'm excited to share with everybody next week who he takes. DVR, what's with the uh, secrecy? A little bit of late indecision, but a little bit of gamesmanship too. <laughs> yeah, don't let Ian win, man. And then he's like, he's like, I have to do it differently because you're in the league. I, that does not make me happy. I you tell Ian, he immediately tells Ariel Cohen. That's how it works now. There's a little, a little bell dings, and he calls him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. This is this would be a Steve. This would be a Steve Gardner call. This would be an immediate Steve Gardner call. Just so I know, because I think I know who he's going to take. But I'm not going to. Who do you think he's going to take? Uh, you know, I I don't want to put him in that spot because that it spot. Would be, he's not going to say anything. He's DVR. Nah, like DVR, do you want to know who I think you're going to take? Sure. Go ahead. Garrett Mitchell. I think you're going to take Garrett Mitchell. Interesting. 
I think that the brewer in you is just going to take him and he's going to run with him. Maybe I should be trading for more draft picks. I think we're allowed to do that in this league, even leading up to the reserve draft. Would you stop? See, now now I regret. Yeah, now I have great, great regret. Right, nice. A Let's move on to first base. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, DVR's got uh, Nate Lau. Nice. Low? Lau? Which one is it? It's Lau. Yeah. Uh, at 509.42. I've got Evan White at 566.4. i got Ronald Guzman at 687. We got our guy Jake Bowers at 702.2. Who I picked up in AL Labor this week and put a big smile on your face. How I much? grabbed him for nine bucks. I think he's going to be all right, man. Like, I know it's like, you know, I'm not going to do a victory dance or anything, but it was just even he's 700 just gonna... is low for the shot that he had at winning that job. Look, he's got he's got the job, at least to start. I, I definitely think that Bobby Bradley is going to be up sooner rather than later. I don't know. I feel like Bobby Bradley had a shot. You know what I mean? Like he's already been up. He's not like some guy who's pressing. Who's like he's 20. never been up. Well, he's not he, was up for, he was up for like a week last year. But I think that they're they're more interested in plant in you know managing the service time with Bobby Bradley than they're worried about with Jake Bowers. And Jake Bowers was out of options. But so I think, but I think there's space and room for him to play, and he he's going to play every day at first base to start. So mm. not bad, not bad. Uh, DVR. Would you swap any of them out for Lau? Evan White? Come on, Evan White, man. I like Evan White. Yeah, White's probably the player I'd like the most of the three you've got there. I think the power seems like it's there. The swing and miss wasn't really part of his game at the lower level, so I think there's some reason to believe the K-rate could come down a lot. Playing time's pretty safe. I do think White versus Nate Lowe is a fair toss-up if you're trying to fill that corner spot in the end of your draft or you're putting a corner guy on your bench. Kind of like White more, personally. I thought White was a slam dunk. I like. I, I guess I haven't looked at these as much in depth. Like I haven't looked at Evan White, but 566 I thought was very low for starting first baseman with a lot of power. I wouldn't say he has a lot of power, but I think he he's going to play. He's got a long contract. He's brilliant in the field, and he's starting to show some power and some legitimate power. But he's 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 more of a uh, as as our friend Ralph Lifshitz would say, he's more of a punch and Judy guy. But he's starting to punch punch it out and be more of like a punch and Jane guy. I don't know. That's the best I had. Ian, why didn't you put your players in this shared box? Uh, because I didn't know we were putting it in, and I actually didn't even do the ADPs on them. So I'm doing that. I, I, I'm listening and, and joining in oh. and making sure, but now I'm done. And <laughs> I, I, I'm, that's, I'm why, feeling- that's why DVR has been able to speak so far this year. <laughs> I blame myself. All right, keep it moving. Keep it moving. We've got three, three guys, three, 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 three lists. Here we go. All right, so, so here's the thing. So let me just let me flip it like this. I think first base, and this, this is how you can, you know, if you're listening to this, I think how you can use it. Catcher, you got to kind of attack early. First base, if you're if you're like I need like some more home runs and maybe like some twenty home run potential at my corner, first base you can hit. Third base, same thing. There's some there's some interesting power late in Michael Franco four thirteen, Yoshi Sasugo at six sixty eight. Um, Josh Harrison doesn't have it, but he's still hanging around back there, and he's the starter. Uh, and if you follow uh, Levi Weaver on Twitter, um, he's been talking up Josh Jung a lot. You know, eventually going to get up there. You know, Rignetta Door is no longer on the team. Not officially. I don't think officially, but uh, he's not going to be hanging out there anymore. It opens oh, up space for, for him, space for Brock Holt. Um, Abraham Toro is someone who, like in all of my NFBCs, he's just sitting there on top of my personal queue. And I haven't been able to jump on him yet because I don't know how he'll work his way into that playing time. And I think I just got to stop worrying about it. That's what I did eventually. I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to draft for skill. Um, so the corners have a little power late. I was looking at second base. 
Cesar Hernandez at 406, Jazz Chisholm at 456, Starlin Castro 484, and then Harrison again at 721. Uh, batting average help. You can get kind of late at second base. I know Chisholm- Jazz, Chisholm stole three bases. Chisholm stole three bases this week uh, in one game. And is it has the job starting out in the season. So his 456 is, you know, if you're still doing NFC. That's going to be like 350. It's, yeah, I would think. I mean, he's going to run. He's going to run. I mean, the hit tool is still a question, but he's got power and he's going to run. So, I mean, as a, as a late round middle infield flyer, I kind of like it. I like Castro too. Isn't he injured though? He's got a little ding. Got a little ding on him. Does he got a little ding? Well, he's going to be second base, but third base eligible whenever he plays. Does he have a ding? I haven't. I haven't looked. I feel at like he's got Castro a ding. He's got a little, little ding ding. Let's look it up. Got a little ding ding. And then shortstop, you got Chisholm, Angelton Simmons at five eighty, J.P. Crawford, who has struggled this spring, but I still do like. He's going to run. Jose Iglesias and an AL only is is a is a master. I, I just think he's he's going to play because that glove is so ridiculous. He's going to lead off. No, he's not going to lead off. Fletcher's going to lead off. Iglesias will bat like seventh. I will say I watched a baseball game last night. Like, full-on experience of watching a baseball game. It was the Angels versus the Dodgers. It was Otani versus Urias. And it was so exciting. It was like everything that I wanted, except not being able to see Max Stassi play behind the plate or Jared Walsh hit. Um, but the the Dodgers had their full lineup in, pretty much. And the Angels had Otani going, who looked terrible. I mean, terrible. He's got a blister, now. right? Yeah, he's got a blister. Saved him. He gave up seven runs and two and a third. And he looked... He 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 just looked lost out there, and it was a little scary if you're if you're counting on Otani. I was so proud of myself in the GDD draft for getting Otani for fifteen dollars in a daily league. I think I I crowed so much that now I've got to eat it um, because he, he he looks still a great hitter. I'm so excited for his bat, but for pitching, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, it, it could be a ride. Let's put it that way. We haven't talked about GDD. I forgot. Like we talked like on text and stuff. Maybe we haven't talked about GDD on the show. No, how you guys feel about when was? Yeah, yeah, when was the draft on GDD? It was Wednesday. It was a yeah. So we haven't. Yeah, yeah. We could. Well, if we can get through these, then we can talk about GDD because I'm I'm trying to go fast. Okay, you're the one who's yeah. Yeah, I blame myself. Okay, keep going. You're you're, Uh, you're up to outfield. Outfield. So outfield. There's a lot. There's a lot late. Um, Mm. Gregory Polanco, Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, in the 422, 442, Hunter Renfro at 453. I like that. Avisail Garcia at 455. I like that. Cedric Mullins at 501. I love that. Taylor Trammell at 558. Trammell, and I love that. Trammell, come on, man. Akil yeah. Badu at 624. No more. Hello, everyone. Everyone, everyone, take note. Badu yeah. or Mazzara? Badu. I shouldn't be saying this to, to DVR because he's going to try to <laughs> snake him in XFL tonight. But Badu, man, I mean, is are people paying attention? He's got four home runs, four stolen bases. I think in like thirty-seven at bats. A lot of I walks. Think, actually, too. I think I think that's exactly what he is: four home runs and four stolen bases, and caught stealing twice, which isn't great. But he's taking the chance and he's running. I, I bid on him in uh, a labor this week, but Eno got him for eleven, and I only bid out of a hundred or out of thousand. Out of out of a hundred. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Oh man, he's gonna be he could be special this year. I mean, the, the question is whether Detroit's gonna play him, but they're playing him in the spring and in ale only. It's a great pickup by by uh you know, great pickup. Love it. Or you know, he's rule five, and sometimes rule five guys get forced. Obviously, forced another twenty five man, twenty six man. Right. But, no, uh, he is. He's forced, but that's part of yeah. why it's like, there you go. I mean, I, I, what do you think, DVR? What do you think of Badu? I like him. I think 
I'm trying to figure out how the Tigers are going to sort out all their playing time because keeping Mazzara, at least for the first month or six weeks, they're going to play him against righties and see if he hits. If he hits, he stays. If he doesn't, he gets released, and that opens up a lot of playing time. I think it also hinges on how good Jacoby Jones is because he was good in the shortened season before he got hurt. If he's playing well, they're going to keep trotting him out there. If he's not, they could make him more of a backup. If they make him more of a backup, that's good news for Badu. And I think the good news here, too, for Badu is that he's a lefty. Jones is a righty. If that were to become a platoon in center field, yeah. it would actually favor Badu. And he's younger. Like I mean, it, Jacoby Jones, there's pedigree there. He was an early pick of the Pirates a few years ago. He's a third rounder. He's 28. It, it, it's kind of now or never time for him. So I am, I'm actually kind of into Badu in those deeper leagues, especially you know, 15 teamers. I think it has to be a keeper, like the one we're in tonight. If you're going to have interest in him right now, oh. Oh, I, I, okay. I think he's still oh. more of a, a watch list guy for uh, for redraft leagues. But if you want to take a flyer on him, you could do worse. He's he's in that cluster of fringy rosterable outfielders who, who might not play enough. I mean, he might only play two or three times a week initially, and you have to cut him if that happens. So I, I I like him, but I think he's a Rule 5 pick, and you always have to be careful with Rule 5 picks. You know, would you rather go Nomar Mazar, who's going 30 picks later, who seems like he's solidified in that outfield and has a role and is finally healthy and could bang out a bunch of home runs and have good average? I think I would, yes. I would draft or pick up Mazara instead. But I do think Mazara has reached the point even in a 15-team league, where you're looking at the schedule, and if they catch a bunch of lefties, he might be droppable in leagues like that to get more playing time from somebody else. For sure. Fair. Uh, I got Aki, Astro Akiyama at 703. I thought it was an incredible deal. No. Uh, Gerard Dyson at 747. No? No. Nope. I just don't think he's going to play. I don't think uh-huh. he's... I, I mean, he's hurt. Maybe I'm wrong, but not bad for 703. Is he hurt? He's not hurt, is he? He's hurt. Hurt, and he's starting on the I.L. No, I thought he missed time because uh, that accident his wife had. I don't know. I, no, I, anyway. I have. He's got a hamstring so. injury. Nah. Well, this is a long view stuff anyway. Yeah, long view. Long, <laughs> yeah. Under under the radar long view. Gerard Dyson at 747. I mean. Maybe. Maybe. Well, everyone's sweating Mondesi and saying, oh, we need steals. There are no steals. And here's a dude who's starting he's in the outfield gonna, and can steal. He's not starting and, anywhere. But Kyle Isbell. No. He's going to start. No, he's not. Kyle right. Isbell is going to start. And Kyle Isbell is really interesting to me. That's a really interesting under-the-radar player. Go That's on. a guy in Dynasty Leagues, if he's sitting on your waiver wire, you can stash him and you can play him. I like Kyle Isbell. That's it? I think. I don't know. You just come in and talk about all these players you draft and don't really ever give any analysis on how great the teams are. <laughs> if you so could just... <laughs> on to the pitchers. <laughs> um, I got a lot of pitchers here. I, like, I don't even know where to where to go with this, but um, I'll just knock him out. No, nah, you know, I won't. I won't. Carlos Rodon's having an amazing spring. He'd get him at 502. Me like um, Luke Weaver at 560. I'm going to hold on to that guy forever. Steven Matz at 550. Got a spot in the rotation. Was amazing for the Mets. Could be a good one. Rich Hill at 560. Wasn't amazing for the Mets. Was not amazing for the Mets, but was could it for be. a year he was? He had one. You're right. There was yeah. one year that he was really good, and then he struggled. But he looks like he's putting it together. I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. Luke Weaver scares the hell out of me. I really do like that Carlos Rodon. I was gonna say Stephen Matz has flashed being good before, but the man when he's bad, he is bad. The overall body of work is kind of like a league average sort of pitcher. Four thirty five ERA, one thirty two WHIP. So you know it's. Right in Tough that division. disgusting, fringy flyer range that we keep talking about. 
it's a tough division, but he might put it together. I I, I really like this list that DVR, I mean that uh, Nando has here. I like these pitchers a lot. There's a yeah, lot of guys I like. Keep going. There's a couple that are on my list too. Uh, we got a guy Ross Stripling at five eighty one. Who we've talked about Logan Allen at five ninety, which I'm yes. sure is rising now. Um, oh yes, yeah. oh, yes. Oh, Alex yes. Cobb at six thirty. Uh, now that he's got a nice park, um, yeah. yeah, not bad. Yeah, uh, Garrett Crochet at six fifty. I just put him. He's not a uh, Nando guy. Is everyone like everyone? I think every writer on staff has written something about Garrett Crochet this preseason. It's wild stuff. Matt Moore at six fifty four. He's the number four in Philadelphia. I, and he came, I like he came him. Back. Yeah, he came back from overseas. A new mm-hmm. pitcher apparently. Um, Joey Lucchese at 658. No, no. Uh, yeah, come on, man. It's all right. Nope. We'll agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. Uh, Kohei Arihara at 658. He's in the Texas rotation. I think he's like a number two in the Texas rotation. Nope. No. Yeah, I mean, he is, but you just mean you don't like him. Not disputing the fact of that he is the second starter for the Rangers. I am uh, disputing that you want him on your fantasy team. <laughs> yeah, but that late. I mean, you know. At that point, yeah. At that point, I don't mind it at all. A lot of these guys, I kind of really like late. Ugh, makes me want to do another 50-rounder right now. You could do one-minute clock. Can you? I mean, it's going to be tough. It'll be tight, but hey, look, I'm just draft central. Love it. Uh, Ray's Maranta, uh, who I don't think he's a secret. Chris Flexen. um, Corey Brock wrote about him. Another guy who, you know, came back from overseas, and he's amazing all of a sudden. He's flying way under the radar, Chris Flexen. Use him against the Giants for his first start and then dump him on Sunday night. What about your mean Mercedes? You have not mentioned him. He did make the team. Yeah. You know what? I I think he wasn't even on. Oh, you know why? Because he's utility only. I didn't, I didn't, you know what? I skipped over utility being like, all right, it's everybody. I just wanted to say that your, your guy, your man, is on the team, made the team. We may have purchased a couple of your mean Mercedes cards this preseason. He only has yeah. one ever. <laughs> and it's not even like his card. It's like celebrating 70 years of tops. <laughs> and I got lucky because I can't get it. I keep getting outbid on him. And for it's, I don't know. People are on these guys now buying. And I don't know if people are listing them high, you know, because it's baseball season. And I was doing this all like a few months ago before they're in everybody's heads, but it's getting harder, getting harder. Anyway, let me wrap this up. Uh, You're doing good. Mar- I'm loving every second of it. Martin Perez is 719, who I'm not, I don't love him, but I mean, it's 719, starter for the Red Sox, who's, yeah. you know, shown goodness before. Uh, Justin Dunn at 718. Sean Doolittle at 720, could get some saves. Uh, Loisa gets 723. The dude's going to start a bunch of games for the Yankees, I would assume. Uh, Jose De Leon's still down at like 725, but he's been on the big time rise. Um, Mike, Michael Givens at 728. Uh, that, he's got a clear path if Daniel Bard messes up. That's him. Uh, Joel Cisnero at 7.34. He could be the closer. They optioned Joe Jimenez. Um, shout out to Craig in Chicago. He's like he's a dude who's been telling me about Jock Peterson since like December. Uh, he was also throwing Jose Urena at me. And I think he's right, man. Urena's like a 1.39 spring RA. He's been amazing. He's like a new pitcher. Uh, Colin McHugh at 7.40. Uh, Sawamura at 7.47, who probably going to get some saves for the Red Sox. Probably going to get a bunch of saves for the Red Sox. Johan Ramirez at 749, who had COVID, but he got some saves for Seattle last year, and that's far from a settled bullpen, I think. Taylor Widener at 749, uh, I think it's interesting. Former top prospect, came up bullpenny. I'm intimately familiar with him because of the Arizona OOTP experience, but he's he made the starting rotation as long as Zach Gallon's out, and then if he's awesome, I mean, how are you going to take him out? And finally, Cam Bedrosian at 750, just because he's on the Reds. And the Reds also are playing this little game where they're like, we're not going to name a set reliever or closer. It's got to be Garrett. 
It's got to be Garrett. I mean, Garrett has been. Don't they, you think they have co-closers? It's Garrett and Sims. Yeah, but Garrett's going to work in that mix, man. Bedrosian's going to jump in that mix. I'm telling you, he's going to get in there. Maybe Derek Johnson takes a pitcher and makes him like a supercharged strikeout genius. <laughs> and like I'm, I'm telling you, like look at every pitcher before they come to Cincinnati, and then look at them after Derek Johnson gets a hold of them, and it is insane. It is crazy, and he's doing it with Cam Bedrosian, and no one's noticing because they kind of. Oh, whatever. You know, he kind of sucked for Anaheim and he was hurt. But Camba Trojan, man, is going to get some saves. All right. Hey, you heard it here first. Promise. You haven't heard it anywhere else. You heard it here first. That's and maybe right. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Who wants to go next? DBR. Do you want to just read the team? Like, is that what we're doing? Yeah, kind of. Like, I kind of fell into that by accident. All right. right. Was that good radio for you, DBR? I don't know. It made me smile. I was smiling the entire time, just listening to you get excited about players. (laughs) That was mockingly. No, I promise. I was smiling the entire time. I had I had some fights with you, but but a lot of those guys I really like. A lot of those, a couple of those guys are on the list. The first catcher of DVRs is my catcher, one of my two catchers. So I'm excited for him to talk about him. Yeah, I mentioned Francisco Mejia a little earlier, but Omar Narvaez, I keep missing out on him, though, because I keep thinking I can wait a little longer to draft him, and then somebody else sneaks in. So I keep missing out, and I I think he's looked great this spring, didn't have time to get out of his funk in the shortened season. The thing we liked about him a year ago, of course, pretty big park upgrade going from Seattle to Milwaukee. I think he still has a, a larger share of the playing time than Manny Pena there, so... I'm definitely in on Narvaez as an under-the-radar guy that could play his way maybe into one-catcher league consideration at some point this season. I I wouldn't say that's out of the question, given what he's done in the past. But, you know, first base is a spot. We talked about that with Nate Lowe a little bit. Rowdy Telez has been one of our guys pretty much on all of our pods, I think, going back to last fall. I I think we've always liked Rowdy Telez. I just love the name. (laughs) <laughs> and the he's hitting. actually a good player too yeah, yeah agreed, agreed he's on my list so I'm, I'm with you only thing that could get messy there playing time could get a little crowded between first base and dh when everybody's healthy but they already have that springer injury so i'm a little mm-hmm. less worried about that right and if now. he hits he's gonna stay yeah they can they can decide based on performance who's playing so he he could control his own fate if he hits enough and the underlying numbers are really good uh, second base, we didn't talk about these guys yet. Gavin Lux, kind of an obvious one, not under the radar. Everyone knows who he is. This is the year. Oh, this is going to happen. I think he is. He's on the other side of Buzz. Whatever the opposite of Buzz is, is I Gavin mean, he's Lux. Still, he's still buzzy, and the Dave Roberts quote yesterday solidified it. That he's going to be an everyday player. So, Yeah. I, I just I, I think the playing time is going to be there. It's bottom third of the lineup, but it's bottom third of a good lineup. That Dodgers offense, sick. aside from Otani not having command in that start, I was watching some of that too. 
That is a loaded lineup. Ridiculous. Hitting seventh for the Dodgers is fine that's, if that's where you're at because you're still going to have a ton of RBI chances. He was hitting ninth last night, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't, it matter. doesn't. They're that good. They're going to score that, that many good. runs. Oh, and my God. He's such a good player. I mean, and it's the kind of thing, if they do lose somebody, it's not impossible for him to move up a lot higher in the order, too. But he doesn't and if he gets hot, to. you could see him batting second. Well, tough with Seager there. But if Seager goes down, I think Lux moves to shortstop. I think Lux is there long term. I think they see him as kind of their next wave, their next core, right? The current yep. uh, Seager, Bellinger, Betts. Betts is going to be part of the next core, too, because of the deal. But uh, Lux is going to be part of that good Dodgers team or great Dodgers team that we're talking about even four or five years from now. He's still going to be around for that. Absolutely. Uh, Luis Urias, you could put him, I think, second, really? short, or third. I, I think they're going to play him every day at short. Every day playing time. Okay. Had the wrist injury last year. I think there's a little more power still to come from him. Yeah, I'm a Brewers homer, so you've I'm loved not going gonna... to... You've loved him forever. I liked him as a Padre, too. So It's consistency, and it's not... I'm not trying to will him to greatness by always talking about him as a sleeper. I think a multi-position guy with a good hit tool in that park, in that lineup, can actually be really good, especially if you're getting him very last pick of a draft. Like It's nice to have a glue guy like that. Uh, shortstop, another guy that's kind of a, a don't overthink it. Wander was cheap enough this draft season where if you're not throwing that late dart, if you're not making him the one guy you're waiting on because you didn't get Kelnick earlier... I think you should be doing that. Don't overthink Wander. He's going to come up. He's going to hit. And it's going to be fun. And it's rare to get a number one prospect in a redraft league the year he comes up outside the top 300 overall. But it's been happening. And that's pretty cool. Don't you uh, let's keep going. Sorry, yeah, do yeah, and don't, you, don't you even dare go deep into this next guy because you know this is my guy. No, I know this is your guy. I, I think I think you're right to like him. So I'll let you talk about him. I'll, I'll bring him up. Kevin Newman. I, I think, don't even talk about him. Playing time is huge. He's going to play a lot, and he's going to be high in the order for the, for the Pirates. Bad lineup, total opposite of the Dodgers. Probably going to score the fewest runs in the entire league, but if you're hitting at or near the top of a really bad lineup, that's still pretty useful. And, and if you're hitting 740 in spring training. Yeah, that's ins- <laughs> I mean, that's a wild spring. I've this is never, insane. never really seen that from someone playing you know regularly throughout spring. So uh, really nice bounce and back he's potential gonna there. And he's going to run. Yeah, of course. And they got to manufacture look, runs, so they, they're going to give him green lights. Yeah, I mean, 30, 31 at-bats. He is th- Check this out. 31 at-bats, 20 hits. So he's down to 645 for the season, for the spring. His OPS is 1.514. He's going to play every day at shortstop. He won't lead off all the time because Adam Frazier is going to lead off against righties, but against lefties he might lead off, and against righties he's going to bat sixth probably, though if he keeps hitting this way, they'll move him up in the order. They'll have to. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, like him a lot. It'll be cool if they can trade Adam Frazier to a contender if you have Kevin Newman, because that will even further lock in Kevin Newman's playing time high in the order. But they could be one, two. They could be up there together as long as Frazier's there, too. Yeah, that's what I think. I think that'll, I, I mean, if he keeps hitting the way he's hitting, I think that they'll have to consider that. It's just so good. This next guy you have at third base, can I, I'm just so scared. I, I just don't. Wait, Frazier's gone. No, Adam Frazier's still there. Oh, Adam Frazier, sorry. Adam Frazier's still there. Todd Frazier is gone. That's what I was thinking. Sorry. Your third baseman, <laughs> your third baseman, your first third baseman, I don't, I just, I know. I just, it's no for me. But tell us why it's yes for you. Well, so I think there's a little bit of 
you know the beginning of Happy Gilmore when Happy gets dumped by his girlfriend and he says, I'm a hockey player, and she says, there's a problem, you're not any good? Like, that might apply to Ryan McMahon, except he's playing in Colorado. He might not be that good of a hitter, but Colorado can mask those flaws. And we've seen that happen. 2019 hit 24 home runs in just 539 plate appearances. Multi-position eligible. Is going to play every day. They won't screw this up. This is probably his last chance to lock that in. But that's the sentence. They won't screw this up that I have argument with. Like, I just don't, I, I just don't trust them. I don't trust them, and I don't trust the Rays. And I, for some reason, Ryan McMahon, I'm just blind. No, I'm just not taking him. But you like him to, at 221, you like him. I like so, him. I think that's fair, man. You can't equate the Rockies and the Rays, can you? Yeah, you can. Because th- th- the issue I have with the Rays isn't that they screw up their players. It's just that they platoon their players. And they don't let them play every day. That's my concern about Rays players and why I don't draft them. Ryan McMahon, I just don't, you know, it's like, you know, CJ Cron's going to be a first, if, maybe a third. But then Brandon Rogers shows up. And if McMahon is struggling, you know, is 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 Rogers going to take that spot? I just don't trust them to take care, you know. Con- Colton Welker might come up. I, I just don't know. Even the Rockies can get this right. When Brendan Rodgers okay. is healthy, Brendan Rodgers plays second. Ryan McMahon plays third. Trevor Story plays short. Crone plays first. Fuentes is a backup. Where Chris Owings is a backup. Hampson is a super utility. A little <sighs> bit of center field. A little bit on the infield, maybe against lefties. So maybe, maybe McMahon falls into big side platoon. But a lefty playing half his games in Colorado, I'm giving him one more shot at the okay. price because it could be... It could be like 245, 250, 30 homers with good run production, even on a bad team, because that's the opportunity that he has. Yeah. All right. I'm still not taking him, but at least at least I'm not allergic to the pick anymore. I was like, okay, that's cool. Isaac Paredes. Yeah, watch list guy for you. Isaac Paredes. I, I don't know Paredes. how long they're going to wait for him, but Nico Goodrum's not going to finish the year on this roster. I don't know where he's going to be. I don't know if he's going to be a bench player for a better team. I don't know if he's just going to be at AAA somewhere, but take Nico Goodrum out of the plan between now and the 4th of July and imagine Isaac Paredes playing a lot on this infield. Uh, this is a guy that's always been like an all-bat sort of prospect, and there have always been questions about where exactly he's going to play defensively. Uh, but good OBPs, too. You go back to AA in 2018, a 406 OBP in his first exposure to that level, and that was as, a, I think, a 19-year-old. Good numbers going back to the level over a longer stretch in 2019. Didn't look great in his debut last year, but again, very young for the level. I feel the same way about Paredes now that I felt about Willie Castro this time last year. Nice. The opportunity is going to be there. He's going to cash it in, and then we're going to be talking about Isaac Paredes as a guy that everybody likes a year from now. Like That's, that's the script. That's what's going to happen. The outfield, Nick Senzel is kind of my captain, obvious, you know, along with Lux and Wander. I get those guys a lot. Uh, I don't think at this point there's a lot of concern about Senzel other than health. Is there, is there anything else you guys worry about with him? Not really. They, I mean, no. I think he's going to be good. He's just one of those guys who doesn't fall in the draft at the point where I'm ready to take him. Yeah, you're and not getting. Uh, yeah, that's it. You're not getting a deal. You're not getting a deal. You're, you're kind of. You're kind of paying for a guy that has to take at least a small step forward. But we saw 12 homers. We saw 14 steals. That was just 409 plate appearances, so about two-thirds of a season in 2019. I think there's 20-20 potential. I think the batting average projections skew low on him when you look at what he's done in the minors. I don't think he's going to strike out that much. 
I think he's a good hitter who can do a lot of things. And I think because he plays center field there, that kind of makes me round up on expecting him to be on the field a lot. I think that's going to be uh, a big opportunity for Nick Senzel to really prove that he's part of the Reds core here in 2021. Uh, Nando, you mentioned Avi Garcia. I'm not just a Brewers homer. I, I think kind of like the Narvaez thing. It was like, I liked him last year too. I, I, I thought it made sense. It's a little more crowded now. So I think maybe you got to be a little more careful in like a 10 or a 12 team league, depending on the number of outfielders you have and how the rotation's working out because Jackie Bradley Jr. is going to play. He's a good defender. They're going to have him out there quite a bit, especially against righties. So Garcia might only play three or four times a week when everybody's healthy. So just kind of watch the schedule and, and watch how things are going there. But I think he ends up putting together a nice season here in 2021. Uh, and Josh Naylor is the other guy that I, I do like a little bit. I, I think he's probably available in some mid-sized mixed leagues. He's going to play and he's going to hit. He's there to hit. He's not a good defender, but he's going to hit. We haven't seen him do it in the big leagues just yet. I think it's like 249, 309, 383 to this point in his career. So pretty empty, right? Nothing in terms of average, no power. It's coming. It's a little bit like the the Dominic Smith profile for me, where it was like hit tool was always something he had. Power was going to come later. I think going into Cleveland, especially as a left-handed hitter getting out of San Diego, we're going to see that power start to come this year from Josh Naylor. Do we like mm-hmm. Dominic Smith, by the way? We haven't, we, I don't think we've mentioned yeah. him once on the show, but like I'm, I like Dominic Smith. I drafted him this past week in GDD or nice. auctioned him for eight bucks. Yeah, nice. I think he's going he's gonna to play. He's going right. to play in left field. And then occasionally he'll take first base for, for Alonzo, and he's just a great hitter. So, you know, he, he can hit. Good times. Sorry, DVR. Could have some late inning. It could, could be replaced late innings with Pilar on the bench, you know. Like, you could see that for sure. So he might lose in a bat or two uh, a couple times a week. But he, he can hit. Yeah. All right, now let's go to Trevor Rogers. Go talk about your man. Everybody likes Trevor Rogers. You know, high 90s velo from the left side. Really good change up. Decent breaking ball. Command doesn't seem to be that bad. Uh, he's been shooting up in late drafts. So if you can't get him because you get priced out, you know, it, that's understandable. It kind of goes in a range where there's plenty of other pitchers that you like. Uh, but I, I think Rogers could end up being probably better than at least two of the Marlins starters that are being drafted ahead of him. I don't think the Sixto Sanchez demotion is actually a problem. I think that's just their way of monitoring his innings. So yep, wouldn't agreed. panic. There was pretty good discount on him in my 12-team draft on Monday night. Didn't end up getting him, but I think he fell about 75 picks off his ADP just because he's not going to start for at least the first week, maybe the first two weeks of the season based on the schedule. Yep. But still a thumbs up on Sixto for what it's worth. Uh, the guy that I think you, you can get a little easier is Tarek Skubel. And... If you go back and just look at the crazy strikeout rates in the minor leagues, the ratios in the minors, it's really hard to talk yourself out of him. You just don't see video game numbers like that from a starter with that strikeout rate. I think at the very least, maybe it's a low fours ERA and a bumpy whip if the walks are a problem, but you're going to get a lot of strikeouts from Scooble this year. Who do you like, uh, Scooble or uh, Casey Mize? For this year only, I actually like Scooble more. And the the market okay. does too. I, I think it's interesting that Mize is going almost 100 picks later in late drafts. So people have, I don't know why people have soured so much on Mize. I think they're worried about the shoulder, but... If, yeah, if it's all health, then I guess that's pretty much it. But skills-wise, I mean... Those Tigers are going to be fun to watch this yeah, year. Yeah, they, They've been doing it the right way. They're building their team. Yeah, Scooble, Mize, Manning, when he comes up, I mean, still, I think, a fun argument as to who you like most short-term and, and long-term out of those three 
uh, three young starters in Detroit. Uh, Logan Webb has been getting a lot of love on all the pods in the last couple of days, mostly because of the schedule. The Giants have one of the easiest schedules in the league in April. It won't be that way all season. They'll see the Dodgers and the Padres plenty this season. They'll have to go into Colorado, but worry about that later. At the very least, Logan Webb is a nice early season pickup. Again, kind of like Scooble, could be bumpy ratios in some instances and tougher matchups, but K's are going to be there. And then my most under-the-radar guy, who I think I've talked about on this show at least once this draft season, Corbin Martin. Uh, the Taylor Widener story is a nice story. I, I think there's a chance that he is better than people think, but Corbin Martin is more of a mid-rotation big league starter. He is going to be a part of this rotation for the long haul, and I think he's the kind of guy that when he does get the opportunity either in a couple of weeks or in May or whenever that first chance for him to start comes along, people are going to get kind of excited about him from a fab perspective. So if there's any way you could sneak him in before he gets that call, maybe a week ahead of time, have him as a stash, I think the payoff could be pretty big. Um, dude, um, so Corbin Martin has been hardcore on my radar since uh, Jake Kaplan wrote something about it, like 2019 when we were doing Ask the Beat Writers. And we asked each team for a sleeper. And wow, I guess it's like two years old now. He was like, yeah, Corbin Martin yeah. has like done something crazy with the spin rate, and he's throwing these different pitches, and he's like amazing. He's been amazing in spring training, and so I grabbed him and everywhere. He was amazing. Listen, when he, he was amazing when he came up in 2019, and and like he for like two starts, and then he got hurt. But I remember like people blew a lot of fab on Corbin Martin that week when yeah. he came up. It was a big yeah. deal. And then Tommy, he really never got a shot. Like his stats look weird because Tommy John knocked out a couple of those stats with bad numbers while he was pitching through the injuries. So, yeah. I'm with you, DVR. Yeah. I like it. All right. <laughs> We're out of time. And Emmanuel thank you Classe. for joining us. What? Yeah, thank you for joining us. We'll see you yeah, next time. We had a good time. No, Emmanuel you. Classe. <laughs> Emmanuel Classe, you have, uh, do you think he's going to get the, the job? I think he very well could get the job. I think for now, it's probably Nick Whitgren ahead of him. I'm basically yeah. just fading James Karinchak at the price. I think he sure. walks too many Have guys. To. So uh, I'm looking for Classe to emerge as the, the better of the two options. The biggest difference for me between Classe and Whitgren Wiggren has a pretty bad home run rate. I think that can be the quickest path out of the closer rule. So he might start the year with that job. I don't think he holds on to it. I think Class A eventually gets it and leads Cleveland in saves this year. Uh, by the way, before we get to uh, to Ian's column, which are to Ian's players, uh, which he didn't put for us to see, so we can't make these comments. We got to actually pay attention. Um, I want to shout out Joel Pinheiro. He just put up his other column yesterday on our site, and it's good. He gives five sleeper pitchers. He answers a bunch of questions, like if mayonnaise helps spin rate. Uh, he's got a really cool Ichiro story in there. He talks about his grips. Um, I think it's very cool that he's like writing. Did with you us. just say if mayonnaise? Yeah, there was, I don't know why, but like a bunch of people in the in the comment section asked if a pitcher uses mayonnaise will it change. Maybe it's easy to to mask or something, but. Um, Yikes. And it had a lot of thumbs up on it, so everyone wanted to know it. And then some guy later was like, could you please answer that mayonnaise question? And so he did. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so welcome welcome to the athletic, Joel Pinheiro, 12-year MLB pitcher, Joel Pinheiro. Uh, Very fun. Yeah, who plays? he's a big fantasy football player, so he gets fantasy. And uh, I don't know, it's a really good column. Go check it out. Ian, go ahead. I guess so that makes you the second most famous person on our fantasy baseball staff now. I would have to say at least like fifth, <laughs> fifth. Okay, so um, so this all started because what I kind of wanted to do was 
sort of say the guys that I've been taking in drafts all season long in the offseason getting ready. And then it shifted to like really deep under the radar. This is like medium radar. This is not these these are, you know, so so my catchers are Jan Gomes and Omar Narvaez. So Narvaez we just discussed. I think Gomes is going to play every day. Um, and there have been times where he's been really valuable and just the everyday at bats. I don't think he's going to hurt you in a two catcher league. So those are both number two catchers. We're not looking at number one guys at first base. I've got Eric Hosmer. I just want Hosmer there because he was cheap. He was cheap everywhere. It was just able to get him at really, really good prices. Got him in the GDD auction, I think for $9. So that's a, a nice cheap option there as opposed to the, you know, the Jose Abreu angle. Um, Rowdy Telez is the other first baseman. At second base, we've got Gavin Lux at 215 and Ty France, who, look, he's had just the, Nando's been talking about him for, for quite some time. I've been talking about him as well. He's going to play every day at DH. He's going to get third base eligibility at some point. He has second base eligibility right now. Really excited about Ty France, clearly. Willie Castro at 227. It's just, look, the guy can just hit. He can just, he can just really hit. Up, oh, phone ringing. Oh, there it is. Time to do push-ups. There it is. Don't do push-ups. This is so sad. Sit-ups, not push-ups. Um, and then uh, Kevin Newman. Kevin Newman, as we, we just discussed earlier. At third base, Josh Donaldson uh, coming in at 168. Is that right? Uh, no, 179. Uh, I just I, I just think he's, especially in OBP leagues, he just brings a lot of value to the table. I think he could have a big season. And big, Jamer Candelario, you think? as everyone... I'm sorry, say again? Like, can he hit 30 home runs again? Is this a Josh Donaldson? Yeah, he could. If, he's, if he stays healthy. 30 home runs? If he stays healthy, he could. I, I believe that he could. I believe he could be dominant in that lineup. I mean, the challenge is he's not going to have a DH spot because Nelson Cruz is there. So he's not going to be able to rest quite as much. But if he can stay healthy, I think Donaldson can bring like a lot of value for where he's going in drafts. That's that's That was the thought process behind all of these picks, really. is guys who are going to bring value. There's depth where the hot spot is. There you go, little Ariel Cohen. Um, Candelario, look, I think Cond- Candelario Jamer is right. Is that it, DVR? It's Jamer. Jamer. I, I was wrong about that one at first because the first time I saw it, I think my eyes flipped the E in the I. Yeah, I was, I, I've been calling him Heimer for like a year and a half. Uh, Jamer, I just think Jamer's a great hitter. I think he's going to hit early in that order. I think he's going to hit for average. I think the power is there. I love the way he plays the game. Jamer Candelario, everyone knows and everyone bids him up on me. Uh, Joey Gallo, just going to bust out this year. Um, Victor Robles, we've been talking about Robles for a while. He's just under 150. Um, has had a really strong spring. I mean, DVR has been banging that drum, and I kind of have too. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, kind of struggling, but like the situation in Washington for him, like so that. he's on my list. I like that call. Aaron Hicks is very much on my list, going about third in that lineup. People are getting him at 245. Mitch Hanniger at 238. Um, Corey Dickerson at 346, leading off in... In Florida, Miami, I just think he could have a big season. Jock Peterson, I trying to grab him everywhere I could. You know, he had that one interview where he was talking about how he felt like the Dodgers were putting a square peg into a round hole. I think that's the expression, or round peg into a square hole, whatever it is. He was doing that, and he's saying he finally feels free. And then Justin Upton, if I if I am sad about not having a player, it is Justin Upton. I just don't have. <laughs> you can't him. let go, man, huh? Nope, won't let go. And look how he's hitting the ball. He's the only guy last night who squared up on Julio Urias, as as far as I was watching. He hit a rocket to the shortstop. 
Um, DH Util spot. I think Giancarlo Stanton's going to be huge, but he's he doesn't really kind of qualify, but he's on so many of my teams. Otani as a hitter, I think he's going to hit five days a week. I think they're going to let him hit. And, I mean, ah, the upside is just immense. Now, on the pitching side, James Paxson's look great. 224 is his. Frankie Montas, I have everywhere, and his broken cuticle is sort of scary, but I love the stuff at 154. Mike Soroka at 175 looks like he's going to come back in late April. So if you can get him for a discount still, I would. Erod at 210 is, uh, you know, he's got a little bit of a dead arm, but what he was showing early was insane. Uh, Evaldi at 234, I've talked about many, many times. Taiwan Walker looks great. I don't know if anyone's watching him pitch, but I'm loving what I'm seeing. He's one of Joel uh, Pinero's guys. Is he? Yeah. Good. Kikuchi well, at 285. You didn't read his article? Uh, not yet, but mm-hmm. I'm going to. I can't wait to read about the mayonnaise. Kikuchi at 285 is a uh, real upside play, I think. Uh, Ross Stripling, one of you guys had that on the list. Uh, Dobnak, that is an Ariel Cohen special. He just got signed to a five-year deal. He's going to be around for a while. Uh, Randy Dobnak, really good at 461. I like that as a back-end piece or as a reserve pick. Uh, Robbie Ray, I've been talking about Robbie Ray for a little while now. He's, he's sort of finding his command until he was holding his child and then fell down the steps and protected the child, but hurt his left elbow just a little bit, but he should be fine. Carlos Rodon at 508. Nando, I'm all about that. AJ Puck at 354. He looked really good. And then my last starting pitcher is Logan Allen, who I tried to get in AL labor, but did, was able to pick him up in DL1 and picked him up in the Devil's Rejects at 578. He's lost 35 pounds. He came in fully committed, has changed some things. He looks great. On the relief side, RP, Rafael Montero, a little nervous after his first blow up in the spring, but has really settled down nicely and powerfully. Anthony Bass at 305. Lee's going to only go with one. That's what he said. He wants one closer. They paid Bass. A lot of people are on Bass. A lot of people are on Bass. I'm not saying that like a bad thing. I'm saying that like. Well, it's still 305. So still like you're getting him for, I think I got him for six bucks in Tout Wars. So like you don't have to pay ridiculous, but if you're getting down to that level of closer, I like that. Were you on the Pirates? And the last. Sorry, I don't mean I'm to sorry. keep interrupting you. Were you on the Pirates? No, it's okay. Because I like when I think of Anthony Bass, he's like, you know, Richard Rodriguez and then Kyle Crick kind of works in. I would I would take Bass ahead of Rich Rodriguez right now. Rich Rodriguez I I own in quite a few leagues, but if I have the choice right now between Rich Rod who's struggling in the spring or Anthony Bass who is def- delighting in the spring, I'm going to go with the with the fish guy on the fish. Right. He's a fish guy on the fish. I think that's why they signed him. And then the last under the radar guy, I don't know how under the radar he is at this point is Jose Alvarado, yo. Jose Alvarado in Philadelphia. Woo, throwing 99, throwing 100. Got ridiculous stuff. Archie Bradley's been struggling. Hector Neris is three miles per hour down in the spring. I think Jose Alvarado gets that job. And then here's like a really, really deep, like maybe could just happen is Brandon Workman in uh, Chicago because Kimbrell just can't do it. He just can't do it. So, uh, I mean, Kimbrell's going to have every opportunity to, to get the job and hold the job. But I could see Workman working his way in there sometime in May or June. So that's my, uh, those are the guys I've been taking. Those are the guys when, when I look back, I was like, oh, those are the guys. That doesn't include, of course, Tyler Glass. Now I'm taking everywhere, everywhere I can. Alberto Mondesi is a guy that I've been building teams around Jose Ramirez, but nobody needs to hear that because everyone knows those guys are pretty darn good. You know what they might need to hear about Mondesi? I, like I got him, uh, I had my, my draft with my, my college buddies, my home league, uh, and it was a points league. And it had Mondesi in this, and it was CBS. 
Mondesi was like, I got Mondesi very, very late. Um, I don't think he's very high. Like, I don't know how you sort it. I'm sure like you sort by the Frank Stample rankings. They're different, but I think if you're sorted by points or by ADP, Mondesi is very low on CBS in the CBS leagues. in points in point. He's not a great fit in points. Yeah, but he's been much like better fit low. in Roto. That's crazy. Yeah, but because a lot of strikeouts, right? And and the thing that he brings to your team is he brings stolen bases. But in CBS, you only get two points for stolen bases. Whereas in Roto, it's worth like if you were going to really equate what it's worth, it's worth like seven points. You know, because stolen bases are they're so desperately needed. So I think that's why. I mean, he's batting third in the lineup. He's not batting seventh or ninth. He's bat- they're batting him third, at least for now. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about, about Mondesi. I really am. I mean, I could be dead wrong. And if I am, you know, I'll suffer it. And GDD, if you look at the GDD draft, that was, uh, I, I spent the most money on Mondesi of all the players that I, that I took in, the, uh, in, that, in that auction for $32. Did people bid you up because they listened to the show and they wanted to frustrate you? Uh, uh, yeah, in a, quite a few places. I mean, Jason Collette puts out J- Jamer Candelario for a buck, like way too early. And then I ended up paying five bucks for him, which was a $1 more than I wanted. On that team, it's very similar to this. Narvaez, Travis Darno, who I have everywhere. I finally got my Pete Alonzo at first base. Ty France at second. Candelario at third. Mondesi at short. Gavin Lux in the middle. Hosmer at corner and then outfield very balanced outfield with Loriano, uh, Alex Verdugo, Dominic Smith, Kyle Lewis, Aaron Hicks, and Shohei Otani at util spot. And then the pitching, and this is a 15 team, is Kershaw, Glasnow, Alcantara, um, and Frankie Montas, Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, Christian Javier and closers are Chapman and Gregory Soto, who oh. I just think is the dude. And Ian Kennedy. Ian Kennedy's, I like that one. DVR, what, what's your GDD team? Do you have that pulled? Yeah, my GDD team. I'm trying to remember it. Uh, here it is. I spent up a catcher, so I went Contreras and Grandal because it's a two-catcher league, and I am done chasing playing time behind the plate, especially when I'm building a more balanced team. You know when, uh, referencing Happy Gilmore again, you know when Happy stopped throwing putters? What have you been watching lately? <laughs> Happy Gilmore, obviously. Yeah, yeah I guess Happy so, Happy Gilmore man. <laughs> and No Midnight Run. There's No Midnight Run. Well, you gave but up. Happy Gilmore. You, I mean, you stopped asking if we want to watch it with you. Yeah, I had to. I mean, you know, it's like asking a, asking a woman out like 16 times. And you're like, fine, forget it. I'll watch it myself. Go ahead. Basically, I, I feel like I'm happy when he stops throwing putters. Like, I, I, I've controlled myself in the auctions in the last couple of weeks. I've built more balanced teams to show you all that I can do it. Thank you. And when I do it that way, I, like I probably am more dangerous. So, you know, if you yes, guys, you if you guys want to let me do the aggressive thing and knock myself out of leagues when a few of my stars get hurt, then, you know, don't... Don't don't change my approach next time, I guess. But yeah, but DVR, this is definitely this team that you built here in GDD is awesome, and you didn't do your stars and scrubs. You didn't pay up. I mean, who's your highest player? Was it Bregman for or Seager? Seager, I think. So yeah, so here, okay, so here's part of the reason why this worked better in this league. Anyway, I felt like that room was pretty aggressive. There weren't really bargains up top at all. Actually, there was probably more inflation than usual up top. And I think you get to a certain point where if enough people in the league are playing it that way, playing the middle is definitely the way to go. So that's part of the reason why it turned out better here than it would. I don't think, correct me if you disagree, but I don't think the Mixed Tout Wars auction as a group was as aggressive with early bidding as the GDD group was. So 
You, you and, and in that instance, if it's just two people that are being very aggressive, I think that strategy is the optimal strategy. But it becomes a lot less effective when the whole... It, it's not effective at all when the whole room does it. It's, in, it's increasingly less effective as more and more people try and do the same thing. So anyway, rant aside, I went Contreras, Grandal, cheap at first base with Miguel Sano, Brandon Lau at second, Bregman at third, Seager at short, Carlos Correa, who I might have... I have as much Correa as I have Victor Robles now. I've got him as my middle infielder. Arenado on the corner. Uh, Benintendi, Judge, Pollock, oh, Nick Senzel. Ben- Benintendi, man, is... I, oh, I wish I had more Benintendi this season. Do you really? He'll play yeah. a lot. I, I think he's just kind of a, an accumulator. I'll take I'll take a little bet between Benintendi and Upton. How about that? I'll take that. Yeah, uh, what do, yeah how we... Pure roto value. Pure roto value. I'm going to take Upton over Benintendi. How are we going to have that uh, decided? Which Chris? which calculator are we gonna? Eh, whatever we'll know, and if it's close, we'll call it a push. Rotowire earned auction values or Fangraphs auction calculator. You know, perfect. Love it. Lyle, love it. Okay, this is good. All right. I'm digging it. Uh, cheap Christian Pache in the end game. Just gonna play a lot. 15 team league. Feel good about that. Dude, can you can you help me with Christian Pache? Because I was I was talking with Robert Murchak oh, about Christian Pache, and he's like he's not he's not good. He's not going to be good. And I'm like I think he's going to be kind of good. Like, as a dynasty asset. Yeah, he's a gold glove center fielder. Gold glove center fielders play a lot. That alone makes him Is he going to run? Is he going to steal bases? Every time I talk about Christian Pache's speed, I get a tweet or an email telling me that he doesn't know how to steal bases and he got hurt trying to slide. And it's like, okay, I, I understand that you can suffer an injury while sliding. You could also suffer an injury while throwing a ball, hitting a ball, uh, running into a wall. Running into a There's wall. all sorts of ways to get hurt playing baseball. So... Is, a, is Byron Buxton not good at catching balls because he smashes into walls and hurts his shoulder sometimes and concusses himself? No. Like, a little bit. Occupational hazard. It's part of the job. If you want to tell me that Christian Pache is not good at stealing bases because he was 8 for 19 as a base stealer at AA, you have my attention. <laughs> but the, ah, he slid awkwardly and tore up his leg. Like That doesn't really mean he can't steal bases. It means he screwed up one slide and hurt himself. Um the reason why I think Christian Pache is going to be at least passable is because with the high volume of playing time in a very good lineup, like we talked about with Gavin Lux earlier, Pache is buried in that lineup. He'll accumulate pretty good counting stats, kind of like um, an Adam Eaton sort of player, maybe with less speed in the short term if that efficiency doesn't get better. But there's a little bit of pop there. You can already kind of see that. It's reflected in the scouting grades. I know the defense is what's carried him to this point. And it could take him a few years to become a 2020 guy, but that's in there. And I think the big thing that I took away from those double-A numbers, he was young for the level. He was 34% better than a league average hitter in 2019 at double-A. That's a big deal. It's a big jump from high-A to double-A. So I'm in on Pache. I think in, in a lot of fantasy-centric rankings, he does come out pretty low because his defense is ahead of his bat. There's no doubt about that. And part of that is that his defense is just amazing. So I'm taking the bet that he will at least be competent enough to help us as a fifth outfielder or as a bench outfielder this year in mixed leagues. And if I'm not playing him every week, no big deal. Where he's going, you drop him if you don't like what you see. Good. Good, good. 
we're out of time. Anything else? I think we're out of time. We're, for real. Well, no, but he, I just want to say he did take Trevor Rogers for a buck, and I had the second pick in the reserve round, and I was like, I'm going to take Trevor Rogers because DVR took Trevor Rogers the week before, in, and I had the second pick in that one because I came in second place all year last year, and DVR took Trevor Rogers one, and then Steve Cos, who had won the championship the year before, had the first pick, and I was like, he's not going to take Trevor Rogers, and then DVR threw him out for a buck, and I was like, I'm not getting Trevor Rogers. I uh, I sad. did pick up Jazz Chisholm already because we had a fab run on Sunday. So 7% of my mm-hmm. budget because there's power, there's speed. Could be a lot of swing and miss short term, but you can play him at two spots. I think that helps a lot when you've got a guy like Correa who gets hurt a lot. Brandon Lau can move to the outfield in this league. So I, I've got ways to use him. I thought, it was, I thought it was worth... And it's a daily. Yeah, I, I thought it was worth just getting a look because Chisholm walks enough where he could end up in a pretty prominent spot in the Marlins lineup if it goes right. And I say that as someone who knows that with as much swing and miss as he has, he could easily spend time at AAA later this season. But I think the Marlins were right to let him play in the big leagues as opposed to sending him to the alternate site because I don't think a player learns anything at the alternate site. So if he flops, he goes down to AAA for a little while. Okay, no big deal. Seven bucks fab. I'm no worse for the wear. Uh, pitching on this team, going cheap, playing the middle. Steven Strasburg was my most expensive pitcher. I think he was a little more expensive than Rysel Iglesias. Closers got priced up in a big, big way. I got Iglesias yeah. really early, and I was glad to see like Hendricks went for, I think, 5 maybe even $7 more. It was a pretty big gap. 23 yeah, 20 So 23. 5 bucks. I think, was the difference then. Uh, so I got my one primary source of saves there. A lot of mid-range pitching. Corbin, Keuchel, Tristan McKenzie, Jamison Tyon, Jose Urquidy, Ryan Yarbrough. Uh, it's just a, a really balanced group. Rogers, who you mentioned before, Dane Dunning on the bench, and then Emmanuel Class A on the bench. You know, I will. I'll, I'll trade you for Trevor Rogers. Uh, Let's do it right now, live. <laughs> no, I, one last question as we wrap. Um, uh, who are you taking first in XFL tonight, Devere? Oh, I'm taking Garrett Mitchell. You talked me into it. Sweet, I like it. <laughs> I'm not. We gotta go. I'm not gonna tell you who I'm taking. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I got the fourth. We got the fourth pick. We need to know what's going to be there. No, we're fine. With four, we're fine. We, we're, we're, if we were six or seven, I think it would be a little bit more complicated. But at four, we know where we're going. All right. For the man who's really taking Ryland Bannon at number one in tonight's draft. Yeah, that's who I'm taking. For the guy who's about to host Stark Velian, Ian Khan. <laughs> I am excited. There you go. Thank you all for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. Good luck with your drafts, and we'll see you later. Bye. Good talk. Good talk.